Oh, you didn't know? You better call somebody! Four out of five top Hollywood movie stars use moment, moment, moment of clarity. <laughs> What's happening, everybody? It's your man Stefan G. You are tuned in to another eclectic episode of Moment of Clarity right here on the Promise Life Network. Moment of Clarity, and I'm having a little bit too much fun for it being, you know, what? 57 days before Christmas? How many days before Christmas? 47? Why? why? Seriously? What? <laughs> what? I, I don't understand. I mean, I just... Say before Halloween, at least, or Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. Se- I mean, just 74 cue the days. Christmas carols. Yeah. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Hello. You're not ready? No. Well, Target's ready, and Walmart's ready. <laughs> oh, they are. Yeah. They might as well just keep it up all year at this point. Dude, you have no idea. Kim, stop. She's ready. Stop. She ain't ready. I mean, clearly, I just She's have to ready. get. I have to get ready. So <laughs> let me just start now. Aren't you excited? How many hours? Now the the funny part is, let's see. We are a week ahead. So once this show actually airs, let's see how many days it'll be till Christmas. Oh, jeez! Can we have a turkey already? <laughs> no, you can't have no turkey. Get us some turkey. Can't have no turkey yet. Well. I mean, let's really talk about what's currently happening. Can, can what? I, I don't tell, understand. Can I, can I tell you, though, that I love Christmas, but they make me hate it because I get sick of it before it gets there. Yeah. Really? I, I, I kind of feel the same way sometimes, too. Because oh, it's like, is it still Christmas? Yeah. It's been Christmas <laughs> It's been for Christmas for three weeks. months. Yeah. <laughs> so officially, when this show airs, it'll be 65 days till Christmas, somewhere around there. Okay, so if you're wondering what I oh, want, God, no, I no, think that's where he's going no. with this, guys. <laughs> Candy, Apple Kim Watch is up. on my list. Okay. Apple Watch? Yeah. Okay. I do want a smartwatch, but okay. I'll take the Urbane if we're giving out watches. I'll take the LG uh, Urbane smartwatch. Oh, uh, really? So that's what we're going to do. That we one is kind of cool. Well, yeah, we'll buy each other smartwatches. No, I, I can't afford to buy you. <laughs> Unless you want um the, what, the Pebble? That's like the cheapest one. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So glad to see everybody today. Um, And we're talking about, what are we talking about again? Oh, yeah, we're Hurricane talking about, Matthew? no, we're not talking about Hurricane Matthew. Oh. Which I predicted, by the way. We're talking about. You didn't predict it. Well, it was shared with me from the savior of the universe. There you go. And he told me what was going to happen with Hurricane Matthew. I was about to say, he's going to get mad if you take all the credit. And nobody believed me. Everybody counted me out and told me I was just being ridiculous. I will say this. Did I say that too? No, I don't think I talked to you about it. Great. Thanks for not sharing the word of the Lord with me. <laughs> I will say this. I didn't believe you until you said God told you. And for, I actually felt a little at peace when you when you told me that. Hey, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I would have loved to have some of that peace. <laughs> you was pulling all the girls together to have a party. I was trying to make sure everyone was safe. Mm. So, uh, today on today's uh, fantastic episode of Moment of Clarity, we are talking about uh, Drum roll, please. thinking ahead in your life. Oh. Yeah, we're talking about, you know, 
think before you do, which is something so many people apparently don't do. I'm f- I've f- I have found this out in the past few years. I have too, that apparently people don't think before they do things. By the way, I hope everybody enjoyed our, what was it, like 23-part series on relationships that we did there? (laughs) I am an expert now. Yeah, it was like we did, what, like a four-part series with the women and a three-part series with the guys. So all of us together, it was seven pieces uh, that we did on relationships. And and by the way, Kim, some of our listeners have chimed in, let you know. Oh, what did they say? Hey. I hope they, was it men? No, it's uh, not me. Okay, okay. <laughs> Clearly. Some of the listeners have chimed in to let you know that they are touching and agreeing what? with you. Yeah, on your search for Mr. Right or for your your position and waiting for Mr. White, right really? to find you. I mean, was it, you know, like. No, they what? just praying for you. Oh, they just praying. Okay. They don't know nobody. Oh, I thought you had a reference. <laughs> Hit your girl up if you have a reference. You know, okay. Kim. Preferably We're, not dog trainers. <laughs> Just a preference. So now you got to tell now you got to tell the dog trainer story. Uh, we ain't gonna never get to what we're supposed to be talking about. I mean, he could be listening, but you're cute, boo. <laughs> you're nice. You're just dog trainer. Met a dog trainer who smells like a dog trainer. Hard to get over. Yeah, yeah. That's why I can't date a smoker. Yeah, yeah. They smell like it all. My the time. girl told me that if I was still smoking when we were together, it would have been. I would have had no chance. Really? Yeah. It's a good incentive. I didn't know that but you I didn't quit. know that then. I just quit because, you know, the Lord was like, you need to quit. You need to quit today. Right. You're going to miss your blessing. And I had no reason why. I didn't know why. I kind of had a reason why because I kind of wanted to do it because of, you know, the potential of getting in a relationship. And I knew that would be a, I, I intrinsically knew that would be a deal breaker. But so she confirmed you it. thought before you acted. Exactly. Wait, so did you, I just, I'm sorry. I just have a question. <laughs> Did you stop before the relationship started? Yes. Or okay, because mm-hmm. I was thinking, well, maybe God might tell him to give up dogs. <laughs> but <sighs> that's his career, though. Smoking cigarettes is not my career. So if I was like the Marlboro Man, but he's or something a provider. Like that. You know what I mean, Jehovah Jireh. <laughs> uh, anything but or, dogs. Or maybe God will adjust adjust your nose <laughs> and your senses and you'll start to love the smell the of dogs. dogs. Shed you'll be like, that. how come I don't have, like, I just want to go hold puppies for some reason. And next thing you know, you're going to be around dogs all the time. And that's just. <laughs> to all our dog lover listeners, like I do love dogs. I have a, a nephew dog. And you're talking about Goliath. Yes. Goliath <laughs> is my nephew. Goliath I'm just, you know, is funny. like the world's biggest. I'm a germaphobe. germaphobe. He's the world's biggest Great Dane, by the way. Yes. That boy is a horse. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, think before you do. Obviously, it's something we're supposed to be talking about today. And that's what I'm thinking about before I date the guy. That's with the true. Dogs. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not going to work. So this was brought up because my 12-year-old daughter got caught in a lie. Um, and she was pretty sad about not getting whatever it was because she got caught in a lie. She was pretty sad about getting in trouble. And so I was talking to Kim and Mike about it and kind of expressing to them what happened. And Kim was like, well, what was her plan? Like when she first told the lie, how did she plan to get away with it? You know, like, how did she, like, what did she put in place so that she could ride this lie out and not get in trouble? Right. And we came to find out after we talked to her, because we brought her in, and we were like, so, when you told this lie, (laughs) like, how were you planning on getting away with this lie? 
It was like, almost like an intervention for her. It really kind of was a little <laughs> intervention for her. Yeah. And three so, adults staring at her. Yeah, Poor 12-year-old. Yeah, I know, right? And so at the end of the day, we discovered that she had no plan, really, for getting away with the lie. The lie, basically, so everybody knows, was she didn't do some homework that she was supposed to do. And when I asked her if she did it, she said yes. And so in her mind, the plan was to do it later. But she hadn't put like a time frame on later. Or she hadn't determined what was going to happen to her if she got caught before later came about. Like she just didn't think about it. She just, "Ah, I'll do it later. And that was the end of it. And so it got us talking about how we know many people who aren't 12 years old who do that all the time. (laughs) Like Mike, you were talking about how like you've had to stop friendships because of people like that. You've known numerous people in your life who have that temperament and because of that, their lives just really stink. Yeah, and it's and it's it's something I really notice is they're those kind of people that they live constantly in the moment and they usually don't have enough money. Um, sometimes get in trouble with the law, not always. Yeah. But they go from job to job a lot of times. They um are terrible with relationships. Um Stuff like that. They don't take care of things. Yeah. And it, it kind of spi- it spirals. It's one thing after and, another. And that's the thing that I was kind of worried about with my daughter is that I was noticing like, okay, and, and Kim kind of helped bring it to light. Like, is this a lying issue? Which at the root, yeah, we don't want to do the lying. But it's also a thinking ahead issue. Like, if you were really thinking ahead and determining what the consequences might be and so on and so forth, then you probably would have just done the homework. You know what I mean? Right. And so, like you said, it, it I didn't want it to spiral into all these other areas of life now where she's just not thinking about the future. Because I told her, she's 12 now, and I told her, I was like, you got five years left. It's like, you got another five years of life till you got to get out of my house. I don't know where you're going to go, and but you got to get out of here. It's good to talk about it when they're young because the people I know, they're still paying for their actions five, ten years ago. Right. Because they didn't think back then. Yeah. And they're they're kind of stuck where they are and it's like they're trying to play catch up because they're just maybe starting to mature a little bit but and usually, it's hard to play catch up oh yeah it's really hard to play yeah. catch up and most of it has to do with money i mean i hate to say it but that's the biggest issue i notice with people in that think like that is they never have any money well because we as as human beings we exercise our impulses through spending yeah you know what i'm saying so whatever it is that we're impulsive about whether it's we're impulsive on what we eat we're impulsive on jewelry. We're, whatever we're impulsive about, we express it through what we buy. Right. You know? And so if you are just impulsive in all areas of your life, you just live in the moment, you know what I'm saying? And you don't think about the future. And it's not even just the whole, I never think about the future aspect of it. It's just not considering all the parameters of the situation. Right. You know what I mean, Kim? Yeah, I definitely know what you mean. I think, I think, um, I think the evidence is seen more in our finances. Right. But I definitely think there are remnants of it. Especially in, other, in relationships. Yeah, in other areas of your yeah. life. You can, you, you just, it's just easier to see it in your money when, right. <laughs> when the <laughs> account know, is right. empty. You know, when the $32 <laughs> charge come through and you're like, yeah, I didn't think about that swipe. Yeah. I just, <laughs> I just swiped. It looked I like swiped. I had it. Yeah. Or I thought I had it, but I didn't bother to check. Right. You know what I mean? And it's kind of funny to me because- I don't think like that when it comes to money most of the time. And mm-hmm. I'll ask them, I'm like, what was going through your mind? How, why did you spend it if you knew you didn't have it? And they don't have an answer. It's, and, and, they're literally just not thinking. Yeah. And a lot of times the answer is the same answer that uh, your 12 year old gave us, which was, 
you know, I thought I would I thought I would have it when I, thought, I needed it. Yeah. I thought late I thought it would be okay later. Yeah, I thought I would get it done later. Yeah. You know? Because her in her mind, she was gonna do it later before I found out about it. Right. But normally whenever you put later on something, unless you put a time frame on it, yeah. later never happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's why when you're, you know, what is it, the smart goals? Yeah. You know, specific, measurable, attainable, time bound. No, re no. Specific, measurable, attainable. What's the R? Realistic. This is and the first time, time I've heard this. Yeah. So. Oh, you oh. never heard that? <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah when goals. you make smart goals, you're supposed to make goals that are very specific. So they're not they're not vague. They're not just like, oh, I'm gonna lose right. weight. No, it's I'm gonna lose X amount of pounds. That they're measurable, something that we can tell if you did it or if you didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Not just that, oh, maybe okay. you did, maybe you didn't. Um, they're attainable. There's something you actually can do that you have the ability of accomplishing. Okay. Um, they're what did I say the R was? Realistic. Realistic, which kind of goes into attainable. Um, and then they're time bound, which means you put a, a deadline on getting them done. And, um, you know, all the gurus say that if you make your goals in that way, you're much more likely to achieve them. Well, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so, but at the end of the day, we've got so many people running around who are just like, ah, later. Yeah. Well, there was a story that came out. Later comes with late charges. (laughs) There was a story that came out last week that's like 40% of Americans have less than $1,000 in savings. Yeah. Right now. I would say more than 40%. I forget what the number was, but it was a very large number, and I I couldn't believe it. If you need to make a donation, I'm in that percentage today. 69% of Americans. Wow, I was way off. Have less than (laughs) $1,000 in savings. Yeah, that's going to be me. (laughs) Yeah, sixty nine sixty nine percent of Americans. You yeah, but you've been buying cars and houses. I mean, plural, I multiple. St- I'm still one of those and Americans, cars. and if anyone feels moved <laughs> by the spirit, but um, it's crazy how prevalent this is in our lives, you know. And so I wanted to talk about it on the show today, not just so that we could you know kind of be like, oh wow, I can't believe this happens, but for the people who are out there who are like that, because yeah, we all have those tendencies at times. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like whether like like Kim said, whether it's in relationships, whether it shows up in our finances, whether it's in going to church, whether it's in our, you know, dedication to Christ, whether it's at our job, wherever it is. Yeah. We all can show these tendencies at whether it's in our prayer life. Yeah. And our, our, our fasting commitment. Oh, why, why, why do you have to bring my weakness? In? <laughs> 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 you know, so, I, you know, people often t- times hear things and just don't want don't know how it relates to their their lifestyle right you know how does this 12 year old issue relate to me but trust me it relates yeah i mean most of you are doing exactly what my 12 year old did according to you know money.com uh, a whole lot of us are because a thousand dollars in savings isn't that much money sure but you know. <laughs> most of us don't have it so We'll talk more about it when we come back, and we'll give you some scripture reference to go with it. Moment of Clarity, Stefan G. We'll be back in a second. Moment of clarity, moment of clarity, and we back, and we're talking about, uh, we're actually just talking about thinking ahead in life, 
and, you know, not even just planning for the rainy day because it ain't about planning for the rainy day. It's really just about thinking ahead in our lives and putting ourselves in. If I could if I could put it in any kind of way, putting ourselves in a position to succeed, because that's really what you do when you think about what you do before you do it. You think about what you say before you say it. You put yourself in a position to succeed. And Kim's done that. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting that, have I? Well, now? remember when you were, before you bought the multiple houses and cars. <laughs> yeah, but remember <laughs> there, was, there was a day where you were in a position and you were like, you know what? I haven't been paying attention. I haven't been thinking ahead. I haven't been planning in the way that I need to plan forward. Yes. And you were like, I'm going to change and I'm going to do this. And you started getting very financially aware and paying attention to where your money was going. And you put together a plan. And now you got the biggest house of anybody I know. Get out. I'm so serious. Intentional living. That's what I like to call it. Intentional living. You do have the biggest so house of anybody I know. should be intentional. Just, you know, so... And purposeful, because that's one of the things that we talked about with your daughter. Yes. You know, like, you know, having a purpose yeah. behind why she made the decisions that she made. And I think that's, we, we all under, I think that as Christians that we understand what our overall purpose is in re, as it relates to the, the commission uh, that God has commissioned, over, you know, in our lives. You say you think. But I think there's a lot of Christians that don't. I was going to say, there's yeah. so many Christians that I don't have I was thinking that. I mean, is. Rick Warren has proven that. Um, yeah. <laughs> some of you guys didn't know, so you got the book. <laughs> but I'm glad but, you did. But I think it's important that, that we understand that because when you, not even, you don't even have to know what your ultimate destiny is in life and purpose. But when you have a purpose to strive forward to, whatever that purpose is, whether it's buy a house, buy a car, save $1,000, you know, like like Dave Ramsey says, the first step is save a thousand dollars. Then you start chiseling away at the debt, and then you go from there. I think he calls it debt snowball or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it is. But if you have that purpose to step forward to, then it leads you to thinking about things before you do them, or as Kim said, intentional living. It leads you into intentional living, and I think that's very important that we do that. You know, the Bible even tells us. <clears throat> the Bible says in Luke. Chapter 14, verse preach, 20. Right, preach, preacher. See, see. Pastor. You're the one who got all preachy there. All you know, I did was you, clear my throat. And, and That's all no, I did. Your voice got deeper. All yeah. I, and somehow you had a southern accent. I, I know. <laughs> the Bible says <laughs> in Luke somehow. 14 and 28. Ver, no, Luke 14, verses 28 through 33. Mm-hmm. How's my southern accent? It's that was actually Go really ahead. good. Um, <laughs> Anyway, the Bible says, 14, 28 through 33, it says, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin constructing of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's any money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building but couldn't afford to finish it. <clears throat> Super channel. <clears throat> yes, um, <laughs> if that's not I-4. Wow. I know, that's right. I-4, Somebody I need to send this scripture yeah. over to the Super Channel. <laughs> that's a perfect example. <laughs> this is New Living Translation. Somebody needs to send this scripture Y'all over to the Super Channel. Y'all did not begin with the cost. Ooh, Jesus. But I think um, that that applies not only in money, you know what I mean, but in just oh, yeah. counting the cost of things you're going to do. Like, I remember there was a time I tell this story sometimes about I was leading a men's group at a particular church and 
This was actually the teaching that got the pastor mad at me. He didn't want me to lead the men's group no more. But I was telling the guys, I was like, listen, when somebody's like, hey, let's go paint the church, I'm not that guy. I'm not going to be the one to paint the church. I'll buy the paint for you, right? right? And y'all can go paint the church, but I'm not painting the church. Why? Because I count the cost of things before I do them. And I recognize that painting the church is something that I don't like to do, I don't enjoy to do. And as long as there are other people who can and are willing to and want to do it, I will help that situation, but if I go paint the church, I'm just going to be mad, frustrated. I'm going to have a bad attitude. People are going to be sick of me and be like, why'd y'all even invite Stefan in here? Like, you know, and all of that. And so, and to avoid all of that, I buy the paint and all the people who like to paint the church can paint the church, but I'm counting the cost of the things that I do before I do them. And I remember telling that men's group, let's do that in everything that we do. Let's count the cost. It reminds me of the scripture where... Uh, who was it? You know, here we go. Me trying to remember scriptures, but it reminds me of the scripture where uh, there was two people that gave money and then God killed them because they lied about the money. Exactly. And yeah, that was in uh, it was in uh, Acts. See, that's the was, pastor right there. And it was <laughs> I heard a sermon about this recently, but it was the beginning of the church. Yes. And yeah, they they went and they said they gave everything. Right. And sold everything. And gave exactly. it to the church. But and they, they lied. didn't exactly, and God killed them, and for He it. killed them as an example and, and of how serious no, lying and sinful is. Dead. Right, and and it was, <laughs> you know what? And it wasn't about whether they gave all the money or not. It was about this. And I remember in the scripture, the Bible says, "It was your money. Yep. You could have done what you wanted to uh-huh. with it. You didn't have to lie about whether you gave it or not. But because you chose to lie about it, instead of just counting the cost and deciding." I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do it. And standing beside what you think, mm-hmm. you got to die. Yeah. So tell the truth and think ahead or you're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what the Bible says? Isn't that what those yes. much. <laughs> and, 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 and people, it, it's really true, though. Maybe yeah. not in this lifetime. Yeah. You know, no, see, 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 the prophetess done stepped out. Maybe not in this lifetime, but (laughs) what's behind door number two for you? (laughs) I know that's right. Well, yeah, he always thinks about stored up treasures in heaven. Yes. And, you know, as Christians, we should always be thinking about our ultimate goal. (laughs) I got an EBT card in heaven. I done done so much bad. (laughs) (laughs) I just get enough to go by. Like, he's here. He just barely made it. But he's here. But I think it's important, you know, outside of all of that, I think it's really important that we, you know, think before we do. Like we have, like Kim said, intentional living. Like we don't just live to survive. We don't just live in reaction to the things that are happening to us. But we, you know, prepare for the things that we want to do. We set up and we say, this is what I want to accomplish. And not just this is what I want to accomplish, but this is what I want to accomplish. Here's what I know about accomplishing this. Here's what I need to learn about accomplishing this. Here's my plan of action for making this happen. Yes. And I think I, I think when we talk about thinking before you act, and then we also we touched on the having a purpose in the thought behind our actions. I think those um, the the purpose should be laced with the um, the fruit of the spirit, you know? Yes, you know that yes. that should be very much tied into the purpose of of why you're doing what you're doing and so you know we need to consider you know the cost what what does it cost me to not include the the attribute of self-control what does it cost me not to consider uh 
uh, being faithful regarding this decision or, you know, what's it costing me not to be, you know, not having gentleness. Right. And that was one of the things I was telling my daughter in terms of her homework that she hadn't turned in that she said she was going to do later. I was like, okay, it's one thing for you to have said, I'm going to do late, do it later. But not only did you not put a time on later, but you didn't calculate, okay, what is it going to cost me day after day in points that this is worth that I'm going to lose? Right. You know what I'm saying? So it started out worth 100 points. You didn't do it when it was due. So now you lost 10 points for this day. Ten. So how many days can I go by and afford to lose those points on this assignment? Right. And it's kind of the same thing like you're saying, like in the fruit of the spirit, what is going to cost me to not walk in the fruit of the spirit in these places? What is it going to cost me to not be kind, to not be good, to not be faithful? gentle to exercise self-control and can i take a moment and just sit on self-control for a little while yes because that is probably the one fruit that nobody plucks that it ain't never ripe you know what i mean like it's just buckets of self-control sitting around that nobody's there's no juiciness (laughs) like it's just sitting there just fruit ain't nobody got that fruit like they all out they all in supply though here's my question that and i really don't know the answer to this but what why is it that some a lot of people don't think that they just live in the moment? What What is the reason for that? I think there are a lot of reasons. I think some of the reasons are they were never taught to. Makes sense. You know, so, and I think that probably is the root reason is that they were never taught to or they were never put in situations that required them to think. So, for instance, if 12-year-old, if everything that I do is caught in the safety net, Right then there's no reason for me to think about consequences ahead of time because at the end of the day, it's not really going to cost me anything other than I got to listen to my dad's mouth for an hour while he fusses at me, and then I can go on with my life and not do the next homework assignment. You know what I mean? Especially, like, we were talking about my daughter. Like, I can take anything in the world away from her, and it doesn't affect her. You know, she's just not that kid. So I take away the phone, and she's like, okay, I ain't got no phone. I just live with no phone. I take away, you know, the laptop. Eh, That's fine. No Netflix. All right, cool. Read a book. No books. That's all right. I'll just create a scenario in my mind and go there. So when you have this, uh, when you've grown up not being taught the importance of thinking ahead, not being taught how to think ahead, you know, it changes you. Yeah. And I think, I think one major thing, and I'm sure that some of the reasons that you provided will cover this, but I think not knowing what to consider, you know, when you talk about, when you talk about thinking ahead, there are sometimes I can recall in my life where I was like, you know, I really want to do this. And I am really seriously trying to think ahead. I don't even know what to consider. Right. You don't know what the options are to think. It's like kind of one of those. I didn't know to ask if I didn't know there was something to ask. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. People are like, why didn't you ask for help? Well, I didn't know there was anything to ask for yeah, help Yeah, I didn't about. know what to ask right. about if I did get you. Right. So I've learned now, you know, you for the things that you need to think about that you don't necessarily know what there is to consider, then there's either a book about it or there's a mentor out there for you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. Do you think fear plays a role in it? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, always, so? always plays a role. <laughs> it's, it's radio. Yeah, but I think, yeah, absolutely. Fear plays a huge role in it. All different types of fear, too. Not just fear of what might happen, but fear of, you know, for me, it was fear of me screwing it up. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, that's just one thing I've noticed with a lot of people who live in the moment. They're afraid of failure. Yeah. They're yeah. absolutely afraid of failure. If I plan and, and itemize this whole thing out and I go through all these steps and I was wrong, I was better off just not planning. Huh? 
Or well, I messed it up. The way you yeah. put that. Yeah. I think um, there's the, also being overwhelmed at what, when I did think about it. Right. Now I'm overwhelmed with everything I just figured out. And I really didn't figure it out. I just figured out. There's a whole lot to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Now what? <laughs> yeah. Um, I and think I, also. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say also when you're talking about the whole idea of uh, fear and being afraid of, okay, now I've done all this stuff and I messed it up anyway. Then those people don't take the time to learn during the process. So what happens is they feel like the entire process was a waste. They throw the whole process out because at the end, because the end result wasn't what I wanted it to be. That means everything that led up to the end result goes in the trash and they don't take time to learn and pull out the good pieces that they would have learned going through that process that they can apply the next time to make sure it's successful. Right. That's true. I Um, think there's also the fear of having to see yourself sometimes in the process. Tell us more about that. I mean, that's hard. I think that's hard for all people. Sometimes we have to face truth about ourselves that we don't necessarily want to see. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense because there's a lot of people that the live in the moment type that when they screw up, they have a hard time taking responsibility for it. Right. Yes. Well, it's, it's not their fault. It's somebody else's fault. It's like our great friend uh, David Taylor would say that you can find at MintOurMarriage.com. <laughs> it's like our great friend David Taylor would say, we are living in our ideal self. Yes. So instead of living in our true self and being honest with ourselves about who we really are and what we really can accomplish, we're living in this in this fantasy self of who we wish we were and wish we could be and think we should be. You know what I'm saying? Huh. And we're walking in that space of this is who we think we should be, even though this is not who we really are. So we're walking around acting like a CEO when we've never taken a business class. You know what I'm saying? And we're not we can't face the truth in ourselves that we haven't taken the time to get the education or the experience in order to really be a good CEO. Yeah. You know, you and just then, have business cards and now you're right. And now you international ministry. Yeah. And you ain't studying. I'm all the for Bible. speaking a word. Yeah. I need you to have, you know, have some substance behind it. Yeah. And then so at the end of the day, you get into this place where you're not even striving to be the ideal self. Because he goes on to say how it's okay to have an ideal self as long as you make the ideal self a goal that you are trying to achieve. You know what I'm saying? So you, you start out realizing you have this fantasy concept of who you really are. But then instead of just being sad about it, you put that as a, as a place to strive for. And now it's not just a fantasy concept. It's who I am determined to become. You know what I mean? And you actually put in real actions and measures in order to become that person. But if you're not doing that, then you're just living in the moment. Just living in the moment. Yeah. Moment of clarity. We're going to take this one step further. We'll be back in a minute. Don't y'all go nowhere. Moment of clarity, Stefan G, and we're talking about intentional living because Kim gave us that fantastic title. Talking about intentional living today, and I wanted to I wanted to bring up something that I think can be a um, can be a model for us, right? 
And so in Jeremiah, the Bible says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. And I believe that is a per, you call it the Holy Ghost? Mm. <laughs> I believe mm-hmm. that is a perfect example of being intentional. I think that's an intentional model that we can follow. Like before you were born, God set out a purpose and created you with that purpose in mind. Like a lot of people don't understand God didn't create you. And while he was creating you say, you know what? It would be really cool if Kim liked this kind of movie and she did this and da da da. No, God was like, you know what? I want to make somebody who will affect the world by doing X. And then he said, let's make that person Kim. And everything he created inside Kim, he made specific so that she could affect the world by doing X. And so he was so intentional about how she he created her. She needs to be this height. She needs to be this color. She needs to have this kind of hair and this kind of eyes and this kind of um, of temperament and this kind of mannerisms. And she needs to have a voice that sounds like this and a heart that feels like that. And she needs to go through this situation and that situation and this heartbreak and this triumph and this victory and this obstacle and all of that specifically so she could get to the end goal of being the person that affects the world by doing X. Yes. And we are to model that same behavior. We are to model that same behavior and we are to do the same thing with our lives. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We are, we are to create our lives in a way that leads us to a particular destination. And you know what I love about that? And now I think I'm going to take us down the wrong road. But what I love about that is that's an indication that the best way for me to be successful or even achieve all that God has for me is to first identify what problems do I have? Yes. You're absolutely right. Like Mike said, facing the truth of yourself, like you guys were talking about. Yes. So once I've identified the problems and this is kind of like what we've talked about in the past, you know, once you identify the problem, then now you know that, you know, let me work on that. Prepare for that. Think about that issue. Think about that problem. And then I know I can act accordingly right? to be the solution for that issue. Yeah. You understand? If I know every time I see a fat booty, I scream squirrel. You know what I mean? Right. Well, squirrel! Every time I see a fat booty, right? A little odd, but yes. <laughs> if I know that, then I can work with that, deal with that, adjust properly for that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Put parameters in place to keep me from screaming squirrel every time I see a fat booty. Because that might be what's keeping me from getting... To the place that I want to get to. Right. So that, so very then, odd example, but yeah. Yeah, very. <laughs> so then, people, what are we saying? You know, if you know what your issues are, you know what your vices are, you know where, what, what your shortcomings are, some of the things that you don't want to face, the truth about yourself that you may not want to face. You know what? Start there, though. Like, be honest about what your shortcomings are. Because one of the worst things you can do is do what my ex did. And because one of the things she did, and she did it religiously, was she was always like, I'm a terrible person. I know I'm a terrible person. And y'all are just going to have to live with the fact that I'm a terrible person because that's the way I am. Oh, no. God didn't plan for me to live like that. Exactly. That's not even a scripture. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> and so the first spot is you, and when you identify that you have those problems, make a commitment to bettering yourself out of those problems. Right. You know what I mean? And then we can walk down that road that you were talking about. Right. Yeah, and it's a process. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't happen overnight, but at least try the process, the journey. That's right. It's right. That is uh, my advice. 
shopping. Like, ah, I really? love it. It's so funny. I don't, I don't ever, I maybe because I've never gone shopping with you. Yes, I love shopping, but I am a deal shopper. Like, wait a minute. This <laughs> is how much I have to have. So that means you've been to the Sears on Fashion Square. I haven't. Girl, you better go. See? See this? Oh, yeah, oh, I, just, I just messed it Temptation. up for her. <laughs> I just messed it up, didn't I? Yeah. But yes. I need to go. Oh. I'm going tomorrow at 1230 if everybody wants to come with me. Man. Yeah. Jeez, I have a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> but, but for real, be honest with yourself about where your shortcomings are and begin to address those shortcomings, whether it's through personal reflection, whether it's through prayer and fasting, whether it's through mentorship, counseling, whatever it is that you need to do to address those shortcomings, address them. And then once you address the shortcomings, you can begin the path of intentional living. Because even addressing the shortcomings is part of being an intentional li- liver. Right. Having an intentional life. Yes. That's your book. Living the intentional life. Yeah, you're going to need to write that. Get on that. We're yeah, I'm going to need that to get done in yeah, 60 days. I, the Ooh, manuscript needs to be ready for days. editing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jeez. It's intentional living. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> exactly. people. <laughs> okay. By the way, speaking of intentional living, I think I found um, a good Bible verses, I guess. Let's hear it. Scripture. Go I can't ahead, read all of it because it's a lot. Oh, see, that's how I'm, we know he's the pastor. He got all these extra verses, like a whole bunch. You're going to take us right, through the whole service. Right. Yeah, so I can't do that, but it's you Matthew you? 25. I'm sure you guys heard it. The parable of the talents. Yes. Yes. You heard of that. I thought that when you were talking about that we were created for a specific purpose and God gave us specific talents and everything. In the parable, he talks about how he gave, you know, someone five talents and expected that person to go out and use that and earn more, five more talents. Mm-hmm. And what's another thing that's really interesting is he didn't give everybody the same amount of talents. In the that's parable. right. Some he gave two and he expected them to go out and double it and get two more. So, and that's kind of what he gives us these gifts to expand his kingdom and he gives us certain gifts and he expects us to use them to better his kingdom, to have a purpose like like you said. So I thought I thought that was like the perfect um parable to see uh, what we were talking about. And the ones that, you know, just they gave the talents but they hid the talents and didn't do anything with them, didn't expand the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um well they were in trouble. <laughs> Put it that way. They were, <laughs> he expects I mean God expects us to use our gifts and to have a purpose. We're commanded actually. Yeah, we are. And and if we're just living in the moment all the time, reacting to whatever occurs in our lives, even just responding to whatever occurs in our lives, but not walking out a plan of action for our lives, then we're going to end up talking about, I just still got this one talent. I probably won't even have that talent no more. (laughs) Yeah, that one's gone. Yeah. And you know, it's this kind of... And if we can use the word talent and apply it to what we think of a talent is, like, you know, playing the the trumpet or something like that, how many of us are squandering our talents because... We're not living intentionally. How many of us are are working in some cubicle, hating life every day, just waiting for the lunch break and the five o'clock bell, squandering our talents every day because we're not being intentional about our lives? I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of people like that. I mean, there's people do have to work in the cubicles. They do. Well, yeah, we're not saying, you know, quit your job. Well, I say quit your job. Yeah, but, he, he says that to me, people. All the time. <laughs> well, but... Quit it with a plan or quit it yeah. in time. You know what I mean? Well, it just give give a purpose. You yeah. know, if you're jo- if you're working in a cubicle, do the best you can at that job, but also think about 
how you can use that to better your own life. And right. Better the to future. propel you further to where you're don't, supposed to be. Don't just think about, oh, I'm almost a Saturday so I can get drunk. And then you start the week and all you think about is getting to Saturday so you can get drunk. Right. Or something like that's that. still and, and people don't realize that's still living in the moment. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Because all you're still waiting for Saturday. You haven't even made a plan for Saturday. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're just waiting for Saturday so you can get drunk. Well, the plan is to get drunk on Saturday. Yeah, but that's not a real plan. That's not a smart plan. <laughs> okay, it's that's not, very true. You know, it's not a smart strategic plan. and measurable. And yeah. It's definitely I, attainable. I, I want to make sure that the <laughs> listeners understand that we're not we, well, we're not discouraging you from being present in the moment. Right. Be absolutely present in the moment. But the moment in which you are being present in, let it be a planned moment. Yes. You know, let it be a moment of purpose, a moment that you are able to sit back and be present in it because you plan to be. You plan to be in that moment doing whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's you're at the movies with a friend, whether it's you're sitting down at your dinner table tonight budgeting. Whatever moment it is, of course, be present in that budget process. But you plan for that because now you're planning for the next moment that will follow you having sat down with your budget. So um, I think that's really important. And the thing that's great about planning for those moments is that when you do it, when you plan for that moment, you get to enjoy the moment so much more. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know the work that went in it. Yeah. And so when you finally get to that place where you're enjoying the moment, you're in the moment, you know what I'm saying? That's what it means to live for the moment. When people say live for the moment, that's what it means to live for the moment, to create the process and the plan so that those moments that you experience can be full of life. So those moments so that when you're on that cruise, it's not because, you know, you could just barely make it and you just this and that and the other thing. And, oh, I just need to get away. No, it's because you plan to be in this place and to soak in and enjoy every single piece of this that was available to you. And by the way, planning still takes a lot of trust in God. It does. Through the planning. You know, people say, well, I don't really plan because I just trust God's going to take care of me. You know, if you're planning, you're not really trusting God to take care of you. No, 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 no. You have to have God with you and you have to trust him through every part of the planning process as well. And not only that, hopefully you're listening to him in the plan and allowing him to direct you on which way to take the plan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because as you're making this plan, I'm hoping that you're speaking with God throughout this whole process of developing the plan. And when you have a particular aspect of the plan that you want to implement, and he says, no, don't do it that way, do it this way, you listen to him because his plan is better than our plan. Now, let's be let's be very clear that there are some people that are listening to this podcast that are saying, I hear what you're saying, but I can't hear God. Right. I, I don't hear God. Uh, how do I hear him? You know? And so in those cases, what you want to do is you want to look for the guiding posts that we talked about. And th- those would be in my opinion, the um, the nine attributes, the gift, mm-hmm. the fruit of the spirit. So you, you, you're asking yourself, does, you know, am I utilizing self-control in this decision? Right. Uh, you know, um, so you look, refer to the scriptures because regardless if you can't hear what he's saying, you have a reference of what he said. Right. I love that. Say yeah. that again. Yeah, that was good. I know, you, you like that, guys? <laughs> Thanks, Say that one again. So, that is another book. You're absolutely right, yeah, Michael. All these books they're giving me tonight. So, again, I'll just say it again. You know, regardless if you can't hear what he's saying, you have what he said. And that's his scripture, his word. 
is um, is what should always guide you. And, and it's a great guidepost. Oh, absolutely. People will. I've had people tell me, well, everything, you know, is not in the Bible. Yes, my friend. Every situation you can encounter is in the Bible. And for the pieces that you claim are absent, those pieces are referenced in the Bible. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So if it doesn't directly, absolutely, positively speak about this particular aspect, it will speak about something that you can say, well, if I do that, it's included in this. And I think the best example of that is the Ten Commandments versus the Two Commandments. You know, you had the Ten Commandments, which were don't kill, don't steal, don't commit adultery, blah, 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 don't, 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 all ten times, right? And then Christ came along and said, yeah, but there's two commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, body, and love your neighbor as yourself. If you do those two, you'll automatically do the other ten. You know what I mean? And so the Bible works in that same way, that if it doesn't necessarily have a direct, absolute, positively, you know, written out, correct parallel correlation it will have something that says well if you do this you'll automatically do that anyway and by the way when you're studying the bible that alone teaches you how to think and plan and uh go forward because if you live in the moment and just look at each piece of the bible and just that's it and you read something is oh this didn't tell me anything no no it's it takes work too it takes planning it takes trying to understand and trying to grow as you are read his word. But that's done purposefully as well. Yep. That's very true. It really is. Learning uh, how to hear God's voice is more than anything else about paying attention to how he has already spoken um, and paying attention to how he speaks. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, for instance, the, the best example I've ever heard is you will always know, you know, there's some things that, Kim, somebody can come to Kim and be like, Stefan said so-and-so and so-and-so. And she'll be like, no, he didn't. I know him so well that I know he didn't say that. He does. That doesn't even sound like him. You know how when people say, that doesn't even sound like something they would say. Yeah. They know me so well that she knows that's not something that would ever come out of my mouth. Or she could say, that sounds just like him. That sounds exactly like something he would say. And learning the Bible is the same way. And so then when you hear things or when you sense things or when you interpret things you can weigh them against what you've already read you can weigh them against what has already been said and you can determine that sounds just like god that sounds nothing like god this shows me which direction i need to go with this very true so we out so we out intentional living i just i just want to encourage the people this week you know, whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that you approach. I don't know what day it is when you're listening to our podcast, but this week I really want you to take with you the thought to give thought to whatever it is you're about to do in the next few hours, in the next few days. Really commit just today, tomorrow, and hopefully you create a habit from it. But I don't want you to leave this conversation thinking that, hey, we're just here to entertain you, but I hope that we've moved you enough till you decide to, hey, Act on something that maybe you hadn't given enough thought to yeah. and take God with you. And not just in enjoying the conversation, even as Kim said before, before we got on the air, even if it's a matter of just creating a baby step habit, if you don't know how to plan out the strategy for your life, plan what you're going to wear for the next three days, plan out what your lunch is going to look like for the next week, you know, make small steps of things that you can, you know, smart goals, small things that you can accomplished that are attainable they're measurable we can tell whether you did it or not 
there's something that you can do and you can put a time factor on it. So you can say, well, I don't know how to plan out my life, but I can plan out my lunch for the rest of the week. And you do that. And when you stick to that, you'll learn to plan other things and to plan bigger things. And then you can start to reference the scripture when it comes time for you to plan your life. So let's all live intentionally. Mike, you going to live intentionally? Yes. Living life. In, what was the name of the book? Living an Intentional Life? Yeah. Something like that? By, by Kim. There's, yes. by there's not Kim. even a title, guys. By Candid so Kim. <laughs> Living the Intentional Life by Candid Kim. Oh, boy. I love it. I Moment love of clarity, baby. Next week, we'll catch y'all. Lord, I just want to live like you. Lord, I just want to live like you.